I'd really like to use this time to unpack what we consider the six fundamental CEO tools, the, the tools that we use to really run the remarkable business, right? See, these are the tools that make up what we like to call the machine. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. Really excited to come alongside you guys today as we are there's the dawning of a new day, right? We're celebrating the dawning of a new season for all of us in our businesses, in our careers, in our lives it's time for expansion. So we've gone on this incredible journey together and we've been, what a privilege to go on this journey with you through the podcast. And I'm sure that this has added huge value to your life. It's been great to get the feedback from you guys, from your li- from our listeners. Thanks so much for your kind words. We love to hear the stories. We love to hear how you're applying what you're, what we're sharing, what you're discovering through this podcast. And man, enriching our experience to know that we're, ex- we're enriching yours. So thanks so much for your kind words. And we just really appreciate the reviews, the five stars, and to hear the stories. So please, share away. If there's been an episode, if there's been a story that's touched you, if there's been a strategy we've shared, if there's been a key that's unlocked a door for you, we love to hear about it. So please, please tell us this story, send it to us. So, you know, we are moving into this next season as we've, you know, come on the other side of this COVID catastrophe, right? We feel like we're in this post-COVID world now and we've gone from peacetime to wartime and now we're moving back into peacetime Dr. Pete, I know you're like me, and we're super excited to get back into our peacetime leadership, get back to the vision-based creative experience, man. I'm ready for expansion. I'm ready to go and grow. Yeah, I loved the quote that we shared during during the wartime, which was that in times of uncertainty, we don't win with certainty, we win with clarity, right? We don't fight uncertainty with, with certainty, we fight it with clarity. And I think that with that clarity comes certainty, right? And so we had to develop a new level of clarity and and renewed vision during this time. And so now as we move back into expansion, I I feel for a lot of the docs that we've been talking to, because again, we have these relationships with so many of you who listen to this and many of you who don't, but the vision has been kind of reset. There's been a clarifying of vision. What's important to me now? What are my priorities Right. What, what, like that's kind of been unearthed during these last months leading up into this point. So it's absolutely about time for expansion. That's what I've been, what, what I've been sensing. There's been a renewed sense of passion, renewed sense of purpose, refocusing that's going on and why I do what I do, why I'm a chiropractor, why now, why me. There's been more clarity in that. So I feel like coming out of this, there's been a fresh reset of the vision and there's now a greater level of certainty and conviction that's coming alongside of that. And that's why this is such an important subject that we're talking about here today, which is how to expand well, right? Because ex- the last thing we want is we want to expand and then create more work and regret what we've been building. So we're going to walk you through what we found to be, you know, the way to expand remarkable expansion, right? So it's remarkable expansion. And this is an amazing, amazing opportunity for all of us we have. Yeah, I, you know, one thing I know is that it feels good to clean up and organize my garage. 
<laughs> it's, it's like, you know, as we move from season to season, whether it's at the end of the summer, getting ready for fall, or it's the end of the winter, getting ready for spring. I always like bringing order to a place with this disorder. And I feel like, you know, you kind of like shake off the last season and say, all right, what's the first thing I want to do? Let me organize all my gear, right? So, you know, that's what this feels like to me as we're coming out of this COVID catastrophe saying, all right, let's bring some order back into the garage, right? Let's start lining our tools back up. Let's get our gear organized. I'd really like to use this time to unpack what we consider the six fundamental CEO tools, the, the tools that we use to really run the remarkable business, right? See, these are the tools that make up what we like to call the machine, right? So there are six fundamental or primary tools that a CEO uses to create leverage and greater productivity in their practice, right? It's what gives us the visibility and the accountability that we desire. And, you know, these tools are really specific in that they are reports. They are reports that are prepared, they're owned by and populated by specific team members. And the big idea here, Dr. Pete, is we want this information to flow to the CEO, right? So the CEO likes to say it's one part gut, two parts data, right? So we want to make sure that we have the information that we need to make data-driven decisions for our business. These fundamental tools are keys to making sure that we're making data-driven decisions. Yeah, I mean, I, immediately I think about whenever we say the information flows to us, if you're trying to track down these reports, it's not only like trying to chase one, two rabbits, it's like trying to chase six rabbits. And so it's absolutely vital that we understand that these tools are... These are, this is data. This is data that has to flow to you so that as a CEO, you can make that great decision. Because as a CEO, remember, there's three objectives on your scorecard. Number one is the vision casting. So where are we going from here? And having clarity on what's important to us and here's how we're going to get there. And that informs the second objective, which is to determine what's important right now. How are we going to marshal our resources, the resources of our team, the time, the energy, the focus, our money? How are we going to, we're going to marshal that right now to execute and make sure that we get where we're going to be going next. And then the last of the three objectives is what's important next. And that's again, always being able to see and look ahead, even while we're, you know, executing now. And that's the, the challenge and the, the beauty and the invitation of the CEO's position in the organization. And so coming out of COVID, we said, Hey guys, Hey, slow down. Right now, everybody head down. Like we got to focus right now. It's tactics, tactics, tactics. So now we're actually inviting you to come back into this place of, you know, think strategically. Let's start getting back to that vision. And these tools actually enable you to have real-time, you know, data so you can see, well, okay, what's going on right now? But also you're always informed about where are we going next from here? And that's what I love about this. So these are tools. We can't be chasing these down. They have to be coming to us. This data has to be coming and reported to us. That's the only way that this can work. Otherwise, it's going to be too difficult, too challenging, and you just won't do it. Yeah, this is a true CEO conversation. So we're going we're gonna to have this conversation about these tools from a CEO's perspective. And what I want you to be listening for is what is this tool and what does it tell me, right? So as a CEO, what does this thing do for me? That's one component of it. But really, I want you to listen for who owns it. 
who on your team actually owns this? Who's accountable to this tool itself? And, and exactly how do they bring this to you? And what are the meeting rhythms that are in place where this tool drives that meeting so you get that visibility and accountability? So we know the truth that 90% of our problems are people problems, right? So what I'll tell you is 90% of your solutions live on your accountability chart. So listen to that one more time. So 90% of our problems are people problems. 90% of your solutions live on your accountability chart. Why? Because that's the blueprint. That's the diagram for your people. This is how our organization runs, right? This is having the right people in the right roles, doing the right work the right way. This is a very critical part of the right work the right way is these reports, these tools that we're going to be talking about here. So pay special attention to who owns the tool because ultimately docs, this isn't about giving you six new pieces of homework to do. These aren't tasks for you, okay? These are tools that you're to use, right? So these tools are created for you and you use them. So there's really a three-stage process that you'll have to go to to arrive at this place and you have to shepherd this process. So the it's called done by you, done with you, and done for you. And the goal is to get to the point where these reports are all done for you, but you have to go through these three stages if you haven't already, right? So done by you means, Doc, you as the CEO, you got to take responsibility for understanding this report, knowing how it works. Most likely, you're going to be the one doing it yourself. Let's say, for example, one of these tools is the scorecard. You'll, there'll be a season where you as the CEO, as the clinic director, you're going to be the one doing the scorecards because you're the most qualified to do it, right? So you've got to understand how to do scorecards, identify the five KPIs that are the priority for each member of your team right now. Like this is what you want to focus on now. And then the activities that will drive those KPIs towards your goals, right? So that's something that's going to be done by you but it'll be done alongside your office manager, your COO, your integrator. So it'll be like, okay, so watch me do it and I'm going to show you how to do this. The next iteration of this, the next evolution is it's done with you. So you throw your arm around your integrator, your COO, your office manager say, let's do this together. It's going to be done with me. So I'm going to hold your hand as we do this. And then the third stage, which is the promise land, which is you delegate that to that team member, that respective team member, and then it's done for you. Yeah. And I love, I love this framework so much. So as you're saying this doc, and you're listening now to Dr. Steven talking, if you go through your current business right now, just quickly in your mind, and you assess where are things at right now, where are you at with the major reporting and the major functions of the business? How much of it is being done by you? How much of it's being done with you? And how much of it's being done for you? Or from a reporting standpoint, how much of it's being done by you? How much of it's done with you? And how much of it's coming to you and it's being done for you? Do a quick assessment just right now mentally and look at look think about that as we go into these things right now, because that leads into we call the the four stage productivity equation, right? So once you get into the the third stage, the promised land, as Doc you said, where things are you know coming to the information's flowing to you, it's being done for you. This is where the productivity equation becomes extremely, extremely important, which is the plan, prepare, execute, assess. So once it's it's actually delegated and somebody owns this report, somebody owns the report, which means they're accountable to it, you have to manage that situation. You have to manage that person, that report, and, and the people that are also contributing to that. So that's where the productivity equation of planning, preparing, 
executing and then assessing where this comes in as well. So you've got the framework now to ensure that the information that is coming to you, that you can influence that leaving that moment. So let's say you have a scorecard as the example, and now you have a team member who is going to lead the quarterly review with a team member. You have, let's say, your integrator or your office manager or your chief operations officer is leading that moment, right? That's part of the journey. You would have a meeting with them, maybe pre-quarterly review, and they would bring that information to you. They would have planned or prepared to do the to execute on that. And what you would do is you would have a moment of assessing what they're going to go over with that patient or sorry, with that team member, so that then during that time in that review, what needs to be accomplished is accomplished. So they may present to you here's their scorecard from this quarter. Here's the what I'm proposing for the next quarter, and let's be on the same page. So does that make sense? So there's the planning and preparing that's done for a meet a review with one person. And just an example, I'm extrapolating this one example and how these frameworks apply. And then they meet you meet with them, you assess previous scorecard, you assess next quarters, and then they then go and they are empowered to execute that meeting with that with that team member. Does that make sense? So that's kind of how these frameworks work and why, again, these tools, they're so powerful because, again, this is an ongoing process for us. Now, I want to make sure you guys hear that we're sensitive to the fact that there are different sizes practices out there with different size teams and different levels of complexity. So this conversation is really going to apply to whether you are a team of eight, nine, 10, 12 people that are running this really busy, more complex, more sophisticated enterprise, or whether you're a really busy team of two, right? So it's you and a really busy team member, right? So that's great. So here's, here's what I want you to do. I just want you to recognize that there's going to be multiple iterations of your practice over time. Let's focus on this is where we are now. This is where we want to be ultimately, and this is where we're going to go next. So put this in your mind. It's like, okay, so this is where we are right now, and the brutal facts are that there's only two people on my team, and we're really busy, and we're wearing multiple hats. That's fine. We totally get it, but I want you to break it down mentally by role so that it's easier for you to say, this is where we're going next, and this is where we're going ultimately, right? So it's like going from playing man-on-man basketball to playing three-on-three basketball to playing five guys on the court playing each other in basketball, right? So, you know, is this just an evolution that'll happen in your business and your practice? So give yourself a break and be patient, right? And listen to, you know, how each one of these reports plays a role. And it's going to make sense who on the team would be the person that's responsible for, for populating it. All right, Dr. B, let's talk about the goals report. So there's something called the CEO goals report. And The CEO goals report really is meant to be a high level report, sort of downstream big numbers, things like total number of new patient leads, total number of new patients, total number of conversions, patient visit average, total volume, revenues, profit, et cetera. These are downstream metrics that the CEO with the COO are looking at literally how does this business run and how are we producing? We like to organize this, uh, this report in attraction, conversion, retention, and collections. And we pick three, three or four big metrics downstream metrics 
from each of those four domains. So the purpose of that is it gives the CEOs real clarity around exactly what the outcomes, the real output of your business needs to be. Now, this, like we said, is going to be initially done by you. Then it'll be done with you. In other words, you'll pair up with a team member to do this with you, and then it'll be done for you by a team member. So let's talk about sort of the ascension of team members who could help you do something like this. So very often, you know, the, the ultimate is that it's the integrator who will do almost all of these reports because by definition, the integrator or the COO, their job is to run the business. Okay. So as the CEO, your job, your job description is to lead the business. The COO, the chief operations officer or the integrator or what some of you may call your office manager, their job is to run the business. Now, We've had this conversation about the ascension of you from owner operator as an identity to the identity of a CEO. There's an ascension that happens there. Well, I want you to think about there's an ascension that happens for your office managers as well. Your office manager makes an ascension to become a COO or a chief operations officer, or like Gino Wickman calls in traction, calls the integrator, right? So as an office manager takes on more and more responsibility, and they actually help you run the business, they, their role changes from office manager to COO, chief operations officer. And a big part of them taking on more responsibilities will manifest as them taking on these reports and creating these tools for the doctor. So this goals report or the CEO goals report is a perfect example of initially it might be you sitting with your, let's say it's your back office manager right? So they're the business office manager and you're sitting down and having a conversation around, these are the goals that we're setting in attraction, conversion, retention, team building. Now the next quarter, the next iteration, two quarters, six months, one year later, they might become your actual office manager. In other words, they've gone from back office manager to office manager. In other words, they've started to take on the team. They're actually managing other people in your team. That's part of their ascension, right? So now they're doing this goals report with you. So now you're sitting down and asking them, this is a Socratic process. And you're like, okay, so what do you think? Where are we with the traction, conversion, retention, team building? Let's get our, our vital signs and let's assess what we did before. Now let's set goals moving forward. Now, the next iteration for them, the next evolution for you, for your business, and for them in their role might be from office manager to integrator or COO. And that's when they get to the point where they actually do these goals. They prepare this report for you and they bring it to you and they present it to you. Okay, let's take a quick break and talk about Cairo Matchmakers. Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the right person for the job. If you're looking to hire the ideal chiropractic assistant, Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the specific person missing from your team so that you can get back to using your talents to serve more people. Or if you're looking to hire the ideal associate doctor, CMM can help. Cairo Matchmakers helps chiropractors like you find the ideal associate doctor to unlock your practice potential and get you the freedom that you desire. To learn more, go to chiromatchmakers.com. And now let's jump right back into our conversation. I love the framework, Doc. And you and I, you know, we, we love this and, and we spend so much time really helping docs get through this. I'm just loving listening to you. So it's kind of mesmerizing in, in a sense. So as you're listening to Doc talk, if you're like me, you're like, wow, okay, that, that was good. That's a lot. We don't want you to feel overwhelmed because these can become, these are concepts, but they need to become priorities. And, and I love this, you know, priorities are, are what we do. Everything else is just talk, right? So we don't want just to be just a talk. This has to be something that's done. Like we've said at the, about the remarkable machine, 
you know, everyone wants to be remarkable, but few are willing to do remarkable. These are things that are being done. This is the doing part. And so while the goals report answers the question, you know, where are we going? You know, the marketing report, which is report number two, actually says how we're going to get there, right? So now you can see how these two work. They work, you know, in tandem, right? So there's a beautiful relationship between your CEO goals report and then the CEO marketing report. Now, the marketing report is not the marketing calendar. This is different in case we don't want to get these things confused. So I just want to talk just a little bit about this second report, which is also coming to you. So goal here of this report then of the Mark CEO marketing report is to take now that you've done the goals and you've done this process of planning, preparing, execute, assessing, and you're going through this, you've got that rhythm in place that then informs this report, right? So you see how they work together. You don't, you don't have one without the other. You don't have goals without a marketing report. You, you, you can't have one without the other. There's, there's an engine here. You've got to put coal in the engine. The engine's going to go. So we know the marketing report is so important because this is where you actually collect the data from the things we have been doing marketing-wise. Remember, there's three tributaries for the marketing. You've got your internal marketing. You've got your external marketing. And you've got your digital marketing. Now, even if your business, for example, coming out of the COVID situation, it's like, well, we didn't do any marketing. Actually, you're always marketing. But the reality is, is that now as we're going back and we're expanding, right? We're in this mobilization stage of the Phoenix plan. Right now, we're seeing the momentum building and rising. You're now thinking, okay, our marketing report pre-COVID used to look like this or our marketing calendar. Now it looks like this, which is new. We still have to have the report because how do you know what that needs to be. You don't know unless you have data to show you, right? So the CEO, it's two parts data. So this is absolutely has to shape marketing. Because we talk about return on the investment. The number one is going to be training your team. Number two is marketing. We have to be very discerning in how we create our marketing strategies and plans moving forward and then deploying those resources. So the marketing report tells us how we're going to get there because we have the data we've got a much better chance of actually succeeding and our team members succeeding who again, in many ways, depending on the size of your team, you're deploying. So maybe yourself could be a team, a large team. It could be a marketing team. You know, it could be, again, if you're doing digital marketing, it's how you engage with your agent that you've hired to help you do digital marketing. So this data that you have in this marketing report informs so much of where your team's energy is going to be focusing now and moving forward. Yeah, this is key because if you recognize that in this evolution, you're going to be paying attention to really three iterations of your business, right? So you want to look at the last, the now, and the next, right? And this report captures all three. At one point, you'll be looking at your report and it's like, this is three months, the way we've set it up. You're looking at it at a quarter of a time. So it's like, okay, so now is this month, last is last month. Next is next month, right? So the CEO is always thinking about last, now, next, and ultimate. Like this is the language that we use. So when you look at this report, you're like, okay, so let's assess how did we do last month? What do we have going on this month? What's the plan? And what do we need to be preparing for for next month, right? So once again, it's assess, plan, prepare, and execute. This captures the data coming back from your team around what were the outcomes from what we are executing on. So we're a learning organization, right? We don't just hope and pray, right? So we, we want to look at those, the, the feedback that this living organism is giving us, right? And we want to be able to adapt readily and appropriately to wherever the system is stressed. So when it comes to team members doing it, when we just like, 
when it's done by you, first it's you doing it, then it's done with you. The next iteration from by you to with you might be, hey, you know what? My check-in CA is in charge of the the internal marketing. So I'm going to have them feed me the data on our internal marketing. My uh, associate doctor is in charge of external, right? And I've got a new business development expert or digital marketing expert team, whatever, and they've got data coming in. So now I've got sort of a team or a council bringing me data, feeding it in. So it's done with me. And then eventually the next evolution is a marketing director. You have a person called your marketing director who's actually in charge of this thing. So you guys can see their trajectory as your business grows, as your business matures, as it becomes more complex, so to speak, these reporting systems and meeting rhythms helps you become more simple, right? Your, your life becomes more simple as a CEO. You're not the one gathering this data. You're not the one producing these reports, populating this. You have this information flow to you so that you can make informed decisions. So, Speaking of living organisms, speaking of data flowing to you, the third tool is the CEO's vital signs report, right? So this is our quarterly report where we look at the vital signs or the performance metrics of the practice as a whole. So we're not just talking about marketing now. We're talking about the granular details. This is getting down into the nit and grit, right? This is getting down into all of the metrics around attraction, conversion, retention, and team building and collections, excuse me. And this is how we've actually built our vital science program, recognizing that this thing is a living organism. Your practice is a living organism. And like with, whenever you're assessing a living organism, you look at vital signs and the vital signs give you feedback and tell you how are the organ systems functioning, right? Is this thing functioning optimally, right? So now we have feedback coming across all of the domains of the practice to the level where we can look at the details. And it's actually set up to be layered with the CEO report. The highest level is, man, you only need two minutes. You can look at it and you'll develop a fluency here if you spend time every week looking at these metrics. And when I say time, I mean no more than 15 to 30 minutes reviewing these metrics from a high level. You'll have a fluency where you'll see what's going on And if there's anything that looks sideways or wonky, you can just turn the page and go deeper. The way we set up vital signs is it's actually layers. You can go like high level and get the numbers you need. If something needs to be explored, you can flip the page and go deeper. And if you really want to break down, you go to the third level and you can break it down right to the extreme granular level. You see exactly what's going on. This type of measurement is so critical because we know the truth. You don't get what you want. You get what you measure. And what you focus on grows. So, Dr. Pete, I know you're like me in that you're not a you're not a numbers guy, you're not a metrics guy. You know, we don't get off on Excel spreadsheets. In fact, I get a rash, you know, when I start thinking about putting together an Excel spreadsheet or even reviewing them. You know, I frankly I hate those kinds of reports, to be honest with you. But you know what? I came to the real to realization the only thing I hate more than pouring over Excel spreadsheets is not knowing my practice and not knowing my business. In order to grow your business, you need to know your business, right? So as long as I had, didn't have to be the one building the Excel spreadsheets and populating them, you give me a nice synopsis report and that information's flowing to me. Man, all I have now is clarity from that visibility. And now I'm empowered to be a better leader and be a better CEO who's making decisions based on one part gut and two parts data. No more emotional management. You know, I love that we're talking about this because it is true. And one of the things that I love love about data coming to me is that, and, and this is so powerful, because the person who's 
or people who are gathering the data and, and, and putting it onto the forms, a lot of times you become, you're so close to the rock face, so close to the wall, you just don't see things the same. And what ends up happening is it's such an amazing dynamic, having someone who's more, let's say, detail-focused, who's taking the data, who's really got a, a fluency in like all of that, and handing that to you. And in just a moment or a few minutes, you're able to shed light on it that they're like, huh, I didn't even see that. And it's because of that dynamic of having people that are close to the wall and then somebody who's sitting in the helicopter above it, just kind of watching everybody climb up that you know face and just kind of saying, hey guys, if you go to the right, there's a, there's a real nice seam. You'll be able to get, you'll, you'll, it'll take you another 50 feet up the wall. You're like, wow, how did you, well, because I'm just, I just keep, so I found that just keeping a distance from this stuff actually enabled me to be objective. And that, that combination of my objectivity and, and the team members, like detailed intricacy focus, like, well, I'm going to put my hand in this little slit on the rock. I'm simply saying you, this is your vein. You're going to say, yeah, it's right here. This is the best handle of the two. This one's the one I'm going to grab. That's the difference. That's the toggle. That's the beauty of the integrator and CEO, the COO, CEO, or OM CEO relationship that's so powerful. And so that's what this next tool is. So the Vital Science gives you that level. And it's a discipline as a CEO to stay, you know, to keep that 10,000 foot view or whatever, you know, you want to call it that proximity, just a little bit of that. And that leads into this next tool, which is the scoreboard, the practice scoreboard. So the practice scoreboard focuses the team by providing real-time feedback. That's what it does. So this is real-time, like where are we right now? How are we doing right now? That's the practice scoreboard. So this is, you take all of the data that you could be capturing and do capture in your vital signs report, the CO vital signs, and now you actually take that, which is maybe let's say living on a computer and not everybody sees it. And then you bring out this scoreboard, which is imagine you're on the court or some field and you're playing the game and you're constantly what? Everybody's always looking back up at the scoreboard. You watch the players. Like what's the time on the shot clock or what's the score right now? And how many, are we in the bonus or are we not? Like, I mean, there's so many things to think about, but the most important information that we need to know right now is on the scoreboard. The scoreboard is what's the most important information that we all need to know right now. And now when I say all of us need to know, I mean all of us. The scoreboard is visibility for the whole team. There are certain things on the vital sign, it would not it would not be beneficial for the whole team to know that at all. Absolute waste of time, energy, and focus. So we put on the scoreboard, what does everybody need to know right now? If you came into my business, you walked into the room where the let's say call the scoreboard on a digital screen or on a on a on a whiteboard or whatever you want to call it. Everybody can look at that and be like, all right, I see where we're at. I know the game we are playing. I see where we're at right now. That's what the scoreboard does. And that enables us as the CEO and our team as players to be able to make decisions today and be able to make very important decisions on the daily basis and on the weekly basis. That's the power of the practice scoreboard. Yeah. I mean, these, you know, we've talked about these tools individually across the year. And, you know, we like to say that if the scorecard creates focus for the individual, the scoreboard creates focus for the team, right? So scorecards for the individual scoreboard is for the whole team to look at, which, you know, the analogy, if you're at a baseball game, you could have a baseball card that's for an individual, 
the scoreboard is for everybody to be looking at and it gives you that real-time feedback. You know, this is something that is owned by the office manager or the integrator COO, right? This is the chief operations officer. They own this report. They own this tool. They make sure that it's populated, that it's current, that it's correct, because this tool is what drives your team meetings, your weekly team meetings. Now, Dr. Pete, I know that this is a game changer, right? When you introduce this to your team, this is what gives everybody accountability, right? This is what gives everybody visibility and everybody accountability. This is literally the bedrock of the team meeting. This is how we drive our team meetings. This is such a profound tool and it's such an important fundamental tool. You know, we should, why don't we provide it? Let's do a giveaway on this. So for those who would love to get a copy of our scorecard, our remarkable CEO scorecard and there's a training that comes with that. We'll be happy to share that with you. So if you're interested, just message us down here below and just let us know, hey, we want to get a scorecard. We'll put a, we'll put a link for you in the show notes and you'll be able to get your hands on the scoreboard and the scoreboard training. Beautiful. Yeah, I love that. I mean, without going into too much you know, depth, it was really one of the pivotal shifts between owner-operator to CEO. So it's these types, that, that's the freedom, that's what these tools create. What they create is liberation. They liberate you. So, you know, this is the Remarkable CEO podcast. We speak to you as CEOs. We, we, we want you to have that identity of being a CEO. That's one part of the transformation. The other part of the transformation is behavioral shift. So that, that, that means there has to be a tag. There has to be something that you're doing differently. You can't do the same things you've been doing before. There, there are things that are going to have to change. And so this is one of the changes between I had you know detailed amounts of stats and I had that de- details, but that was just it was just for me. And I'm like, there's still a disconnect between the team and what's going on, and that's the biggest change. So yeah, we're gonna uh, we'll add in a link to this, and uh, we'll send you that we'll send you that scoreboard, which is amazing. All right, so this fifth doc, and you said this is the individual scorecards. Yeah. So the, I mean, the scoreboard itself, as much as it's not just a procedural change, right? So this is not just an operational change. You have to understand that this is a cultural change. So when we said that the COO owns this scoreboard and it drives your team meetings, what it creates is that accountability, right? So there's a series of KPIs that are tracked, very specific KPIs that you say, these are the numbers that we need to talk about as a team every single week. This is where we want to see, you know, the needle move, so to speak, every single week. And this is where what we want to keep front of mind. You want to be really cautious what you decide to put onto your scoreboard because this is what everybody's going to talk about. And what you talk about, you bring about, right? So what you focus on grows. So you're essentially, when you select the metrics that you put on the scoreboard, and of course, we give you our suggestions as to our favorites, what you're saying is you're stating to your team, this is what's important here. And this is where we're going to grow this quarter, right? So don't take that lightly. Now, of course, there's a accountability built into this because those KPIs that are up on the scoreboard, they're owned by someone. And who they're owned by, who's accountable to those things, it's the role that has that on their scorecard, right? So that brings us to our, our next tool, which is the scorecard. As we said, scoreboard creates focus and accountability for the team. The scorecard creates focus and accountability for the individual. And, you know, focus is my favorite F word, Pete, uh, because focus is what makes the difference between busyness and productivity. And, you know, docs say all the time, man, I just want to be busier. And I don't believe that for a second. 
I know we all just want to be more productive, right? So the scorecard is absolutely the tool that's going to help you get there. We spoke uh, about scorecards at nauseum because it's frankly, it's one of the most important things you'll do to create a cultural shift in your practice. So you want more focus, you want more accountability, add scorecards. It'll change your practice and change your life forever. When you talk about done by you, done with you, done for you, it's going to be done by you initially. And I'll tell you what, talking, I'll warn you right now, this is one of the heaviest lifts. You got to get this down. What you're doing is you're saying to every single team member, here is your scorecard. Based on your role, we're trusting you with these responsibilities. And based on what the goals are of the business this quarter, these are your five KPIs. These are your five key performance indicators. These are the five metrics that you are accountable to. And here's the truth. We're all responsible but one person's accountable, right? So you want to say you're accountable to this activity and to have this metric move from where we started this quarter, which is called the benchmark towards the goal by the end of the quarter. The scorecard creates great focus for everybody on your team. Yeah, this is such a powerful subject matter. And obviously we can't dig into all of this right now on this on this episode. So I would actually encourage you to go back and listen to some previous episodes. I believe it's episodes 10 and 11 uh, from this podcast series where we actually dug into this on a deeper level. So if you're new to the podcast or you want to go back to listen more about the scorecards and how to integrate that, go back to listen to episodes 10 and 11 where we actually got deep into and unpacked that. And actually, I believe we also had a giveaway during one of those episodes as well. So you might get another tool uh, from us on that. All right, so, so the last of the six tools in the machine, again, this is all, all about expansion. The last of the tools is, is the 90, CEO 90-Day Project Planner. And you're, one of the things you're going to see about the machine is it actually functions on a 90-day rhythm. What we've identified is, and again, this is just historical, when they study performance, they look at productivity, they look at effectiveness in individuals and companies, is that these 90-day of time frames is actually how most businesses do really well. And it also turns out that that's how seasons are in many ways. There's four seasons of the in the year. There's four domains of, a, of the practice. There's four quarters in the year. You've got these four. This is kind of how it goes. So we really run this machine in, the, in a 90-day kind of sprint. And so with that rhythm project, so we know that as a CEO, the third you know, objective on your scorecard is determine what's important next. And so we have to set the GPS to where do we want to go from here. So that's what the projects do is they inform yourself, your whole team. This is where we're going next. So these are the projects that we're going to be focusing on to be able to get us where we want to go next, right? So on the CEO project planner, you identify, you know, the project for the company. So we might call this like you have the company goals, you have company projects, and then those would then be delegated to someone. Some of them may be owned by you. Some of them may be owned by another person on the team. The key here is that one person is accountable, right? So whenever you come up with a project, you want to create accountability there. And that's where we have other resources that we provide, you know, for example, for our doctors, like the CEO, you know, project planner comes with the project progress report, right? So how do we know how we're doing with this project? Well, let's create a report. Let's create another report. So there's a report with the report with this one, right? So there's layers of depth here. What does this create? It creates accountability. Remember, when somebody goes to work in a business, this is what's happening. They wanna know two things, what's expected of me and what's a win. So if they can know, I'm gonna be checked in with on a regular basis and I'll be able to report, here's where I'm at. And by the way, here's where I'm stuck. And by the way, here's where I need help. 
I'm telling you, you're creating an amazing culture. So what I love about the CEO Project Planner is it teaches our, our team members and us as CEOs to always be looking ahead, not too far, but far enough ahead so that we make sure that whenever there's a turn in the road, we're ready for it. We downshift or whatever. We're ready for that. And we're also knowing, hey, we're also going to our, towards our ultimate vision. We keep focused on the vision, which is one of the primary objectives of the CEO. And then we bring our team again with us and we all journey together. There's accountability, there's visibility, the projects are being done and we're winning. All right, CEOs, take a breath, take a breath, take a big inhale and exhale, because I know that that sounds like a lot, but what I want you to realize is that all of these tools will be owned by somebody else on your team and they bring them to you. I want that to be your big takeaway. These tools have to be there in order for you to realize our objective, right? Which is ultimately to create a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. You guys get back to our roots. In order for that to happen, two things have to happen. You need to go from having a job to having a business, right? You got to take that job and turn it into a business. And you yourself have to have the identity shift. You got to make the identity shift from owner operator to CEO. And that's, that identity shift comes with a behavior shift, right? So these six tools are going to facilitate and create structure for the exact behaviors that need to shift and change. So remember, gang, most want to be remarkable. Very few are willing to do remarkable. And this machine is exactly how you do remarkable. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable. Remarkable.